This is Dagon123, and welcome to the all-new TenchiCast. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the next exciting episode of Tenchi Cast, presented by TenchiForum.com. With me today, I have a wonderful cast. Pi. And Steven! Snowy. Yo! Yukinojo. Reemanuel. Kiami. Hello! And who? To the buffet! Adventure time! Oh, hi! Now that we've introduced our wonderful cast of characters... Let's let everyone know what we're going to be talking about today. As of this podcast, Tenshi Muyo, as a franchise, is 27 years old. And in that 27 years, Tenshi has touched the hearts and minds of a great many people all over the globe. Some of those people are no longer just fans, but creators themselves. And in No Need for Inspiration, we're going to look at three series that have what appear to be decidedly Tenchi inspiration. First in line is Steven Universe, which aired in 2013. The second is Netflix's She-Ra and the Princesses of Power, a reimagining of the classic 80s cartoon, and Disney's The Owl House, which is set to be released in 2020. Though it hasn't come out yet, the trailer has many a buzz. So, with Steven Universe starting us off, what about Steven Universe makes you think of Tenchi, and why? So, you start off with Steven, is this assumedly half-alien, half-human kid, much like Tenchi. And then he's surrounded by a family of aliens, just like Tenchi, the Crystal Gems. And not only that, but he starts to learn about his powers, about his mother, and his father and how his mother was essentially, you know, I don't want to spoil too much about Steven Universe just in case not everybody's seen it yet. So you have Rose Quartz, Steven's mother, who started in galactic war and came to Earth for some purposes and she saw what was happening to Earth. And so she decided to start this war and try to save Earth. And due to circumstances, she made it to where the, she couldn't be around anymore. So thus we get Steven, and much like Tenchi losing his mother at a young age, he has to live without his mother, but be surrounded by a family who she essentially left behind for him. And so he learns to grasp his power and kind of learns the responsibility and kind of has, you know, kind of take over for his mother's mistakes and try to fix everything in his own way without, you know, wanting to like be too much like his mother while still being himself and i feel like that really like hits it on the head with uh tenchi universe as well and just there's so much other like little details about it too like essentially you go into depth with the characters kind of representing each of the girls like how pearl resembles aika in a way while multiple i feel like amethyst and lapis kind of are a good mix of ryoka and and so on and so I just feel like there's, like, so much, like, just little detail that just kind of remind me of, like, specifically Tenchi Universe. 
while Lapis kind of reminds me of the OVA Ryoko where she's trapped for a long time or sealed away and then she comes out in a disarray and wants to attack everybody and then eventually gets on their side and so I feel like that kind of really fits in well and so you know I know that uh, I I saw like a thing recently, a video of Rebecca Sugar saying that she was a fan of Tenchi Universe and how that Greg was supposedly Tenchi. But honestly, I feel like Greg is a lot like Nobuyuki, whereas he's just kind of like in the back, kind of like just, you know, the com- more like less the comic relief having to deal with like weird alien stuff. And I really just see Steven as Tenchi, although apparently she doesn't want us to see him that way, I guess. But I don't know, I just feel like he really is that way, especially since they both have a very empathetic personality and try not to fight with others and try to, uh, you know, resolve everything with more like talking and understanding one another. And I just think that's not only that is a good lesson for like, you know, everybody to like adults, kids or whatever, but I feel like that's just kind of how Tenchi Universe was too. Kind of, you know... A family that like you can have a family unit of like all sorts of different people like it's it's not the family that you're born with it's a family that you make and how you kind of like once you accept people and let people in you can have a strong family unit of people and i think that's really important to know reason why i see greg as tenchi because tenchi doesn't actively look for fights greg is more understanding and gives gives advice to steven i think Greg would be like the age Tenchi. So back when I came out, I saw the name and I thought, nah, I'm not going to do the Tenchi Universe thing. Then literally last year, I finally watched it and I was like, I started to see basically all the same similarities that Snowy had and the references, you know, because there are references from other anime as well in there, such as Yunina. So I was like, well, maybe, you know, I started to go back through it and like, you know, I saw Homer Gems, and I thought, well, these are kind of like, you know, the goddesses in Tenchi Ryoki, you know. And then with Spinel, she seemed to be like, use a half. Sorry, everybody, in advance. It should be somewhat obvious, but yes, uh, we'll try to avoid all of them, but there might be some spoilers for things like Steven Universe and she But going from there, what is it about Steven Universe that, you know, made me really, really see some Tenchi in that. And this was before we've had confirmed it now from writers. I wish I could remember uh, their names who, who basically said they, they had phrased no need for Greg episodes as these kind of side episodes that, that involve <laughs> Steve's dad, as we mentioned. But Rebecca herself finally uh, having said that she was inspired by Tenchi universe. I think that, you know, in and of itself, it seems so obvious in hindsight, wow, her show is called Steven Universe. And she doesn't say, I was inspired by Tenchi Muyo, which a lot of us would probably say, and people mean in general, but she specifically says Tenchi Universe. And that's an iteration that if you've been, uh, if you've stuck with us for a while, folks, you know, a lot of us here at Tenchi Forum and on Tenchi Cast, we love us some Tenchi Universe all day, every day, any day. And I really feel like Steven Universe is absolutely, absolutely its own, all its own. But there absolutely is part of that magic that we all love Tenchi Universe for. 
And I would say not just the setup as as others have pointed to, but most importantly, the heart and soul of both, I think, is the relationships. Steven Universe is huge on relationships, on the good, the bad, working things out, but that's what it's all about. That's its heart. And that was Tenchi Universe in a lot of ways, you know, not in the sort of uh, polygamy fest that the OVA is descending further and further into, but in a more, shall we say, wholesome way, a more relatable way. Hit the nail on the head by when saying that, you know, in Steven Universe, he has th- these these incredible people around him, most of them women, who are like a family to him. And that's what we see in Tenchi Universe. That's the magic that drew and kept a lot of us, myself included, with Tenchi Universe and Tenchi as a franchise as a whole for all these years. All right, I'm going to lay this out straightforward. So parallels in this between the characters of Tenchi Universe and Tenchi uh, Muyu in general and the characters of Steven Universe is pretty straightforward. You have Steven, half-gem, half-human hybrid, who has defensive powers that he struggles to control upon first learning that he has them, until later he has mastered them and essentially can fight very well with them. Tenchi, similarly, has the Lighthawk wings in the Tenchi Muyo Ryuoki series, and they're primarily a defensive shield, much like Steven's shield. He struggles to control these Lighthawk wings, but by the time you get to Daughter of Darkness, he has full, pretty full mastery of them, even though he has adversaries who are able to essentially nerf that ability until the climax of the film. Same thing with the recent film that came out for the Steven Universe, the movie that came out recently with the Spinel as the villain. You have Steven's powers were essentially taken away from him as well because of the weapon that Yuzuha wields. And the parallels between those two is are fairly straightforward. Now, I've seen Rebecca Sugar compared uh, Greg to Tenshi. And I think that's because the relationship between Greg and Rose is similar to Tenchi and Ryoko in a way. And I can see that, but especially when you look at Greg in the present day, he's much more of a kind of a Nobuyuki character as Snow and who have most alluded to at this point. As far as the people around Steven, that's where things get a little bit more muddy. Yes, uh, Amethyst seems to have aspects of Ryoko, for example, her hairstyle, her general frame of mind of being kind of the carefree, whatever, I don't care uh, kind of type of person. But also see kind of the s- similar aspects in Jasper, who's very strong, very proud, very fragile ego. But all the other characters seem a bit more distilled and probably closer to characters from, say, Utena or whatnot. The overarching plotline dealing with the the homeworld gems, specifically the diamonds, the diamonds seem much more, as Snowy had said, are much more like the uh, the goddesses in the in the Ryuoki series, where each one of them kind of has their own place in the universe, kind of their own patron goddess, so to speak. The villain of the film, Steven Universe, the movie, uh, Spinel, is very similar to Yuzuha, not only in the way she's drawn, but also in the way that she acts. Not to get too deep into spoilers, but um, Spinel seems kind of a cross between Yuzuha and Mayuka, in which case she has kind of an innocent side that's seen for a good chunk of the film, but a very vindictive, very angry side that is ang- that is virulently angry at what Steven represents to her. Uh, very much the same way Yuzuha looks at Tenshi and rec- he re- reminds her of so much of her past and how much Yosho hurt her. In fact, I'd even argue that much like, very much like Yosho, almost all of Steven's problems, and hell, Steven even says it in the, fil- in the uh, film, that almost all of his problems are because of his mother. 
much like almost all of Tenchi's problems in the first, the original Tenchi Muyo Ryooki OVA, the first OVA, throughout Universe, as well as into Tenchi Muyo in Love 2, as well as uh, Daughter of Darkness, almost all of Tenchi's problems boil down to something, something Yosho did that pissed off somebody, and their vengeance now comes and falls upon him. Almost all of his, the story of his life, so the story of Steven, Universe, Steven Universe's life, is written in the blood that his mother has shed. And comparison is beautiful. The Now, I will say that the two, while they do have similarities in theme, they are their own their own creatures. Tenshi Universe is very much more kind of a rom-com. It has a lot of sci-fi action. It's got its uh, slice-of-life moments. Steven Universe has its life, slice of life moments as well, has its overarching sci-fi storyline as also, but it does, fo- as Who said, focuses more on the characters and the relationships between the characters. Tenchi Universe does talk about the relationships between the characters, but not quite in the same way. They, they come from different eras, and because of that, you can clearly see parallels, but they are also their own creatures. I would highly recommend that if you haven't seen either one of them, that you watch both. Watch Tenshi Universe and then go and watch Steven Universe and be amazed at ha- what someone can do with the same themes but put a different uh, modern twist upon them. I remember when Steven Universe first got announced, not really thinking a whole lot about it. You know, just it was at that time where, you know, Adventure Time and Regular Show and then Steven Universe was kind of the new kid on the block. But the one thing, as has been mentioned here, that stood out to me was Universe. Because to Tenchi fans, that's that's so ingrained in us that when you say blank universe, oh, that's a Tenchi thing. And you kind of have to, you, you don't want to always believe that everything you see is a reference to what you know. You know, you, you don't want to completely stare into the abyss of the Bader-Meinhof phenomenon where you, everything is related to everything else exactly as you think it is. But... A few years later, I started watching Steven Universe, and the thing that I noticed immediately was that it told its story, Rebecca Sugar and the company who worked, uh, the company she worked with at Cartoon Network, they were telling a an anime story through an American cartoon show. The setups are the same as anime. The way the characters react and act are much more anime. They're 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 very much a departure. They're still there. They obviously they have obvious little you know callbacks to the cartoons that had come before it in American TV. But this one was coming from a different place. And the first thing that really caught my eye, and that's when I knew, that's when I knew that Rebecca Sugar. I was like, well, I don't know about that, Rebecca Sugar. Was episode sixteen of Steven Universe, Steven the Sword Fighter, where Pearl goes up against, you know, a Shadow Pearl. That's exact copy of her. And I noticed that that looked a lot like the show Utena. Like, a lot like the show Utena. Come to find out, the fight scene in that episode was a shot-for-shot remake from Utena. And so that's when I knew. That's when I knew. I was like, okay. She's taking from anime. They are taking from anime. They are using homages from anime. I knew that there had to be more to it than that. And eventually, one of the writers, like who had said, had said at a panel that No Need for Greg was taken from the No Need for name uh, naming strategy that was used in Tenchi Universe. And so, ah, 
there's our moment. There's where we know. And then finally, Rebecca Sugar said at San Diego Comic-Con this year in 2019 that, yes, Tenshi Universe was, in fact, an inspiration for the show. It's funny how, as fans of something, it's really easy to look at something and go, that's exactly what that's based on. But you, you want to kind of check yourself because you don't want... I, I don't know. It's very kind of ridiculous to do that with everything. But in this instance, absolutely 100%. And then, of course, the movie that came out. Steven Universe, the movie. And the main villain, like Pi had said, Spinell. Ironically, the funny thing was when they first showed the the poster of it, everybody, like, the character's design looks incredibly similar to uh, Jenny from My Life as a Teenage Robot. And so everybody's like, Jenny, Jenny, Jenny. And there's a small part of me. There's a small, small part of me that wonders if that wasn't a little bit of subterfuge. Like, we're going to take the plot of daughter of darkness but we're gonna throw jenny as the main character so nobody thinks to look over there nobody thinks to uh you know say that it was based on daughter of darkness and now that we know that tenchi is an inspiration that's obviously a thing but not just talking about the direct ones like who had said it very much is how you expect the setup to tenchi would be it's People who understand what makes Tenchi Tenchi and what people like about Tenchi, Steven Universe does that. The way each of the characters have their own unique personality and that personality affects Steven in a different way and helps Steven do a certain thing or helps uh, a plot device or the thrust of the plot of an episode move forward. That's Steve. That's, that's Tenchi. That is Tenchi. And so I think that it's great. It's really a great thing that you see an American series touch on something that was really, really big. And now here we are 20-some years later and we're starting to see that a little bit. So now we're just going to kind of open it up a little bit to general discussion about Tenchi and Steven Universe. So the episode I ever saw Steven Universe was actually Jailbreak, like the two parts. And I was watching it and like I didn't really hear about Steven Universe before. I just clicked on it by accident. I was staying the night at a hotel. And I just kind of saw it in the guide. I'm like, okay, I'll look at it. And wow, I was just like, what is this? This reminds me a lot of... And then I kind of saw the similarities to like OVA 1 episode 6. Just because all the scenery was like all that green. And Jasper, seeing Jasper for the first time, I'm like, is that is that supposed to be like Kagato in a way? And Tenchi even, I kind of saw it all together a little bit. And I'm like... Wow, this this reminds me a lot of tension just because of the scenery, them being in space, and then, you know, Lapis acting the way she did at the end of the episode. I don't really want to spoil too much, but I was just, it really, like, it really took me by surprise. Like, I got really hooked into that after that, because I would have never probably even watched it otherwise, because I just saw it by accident. I was just like, wow, this is great, and here I am now. <laughs> I had a similar experience with uh, not only Jailbreak, but also a couple other uh, other episodes like I Am My Mom and uh, Bubbled. Because when Stephen ends up having to essentially assume the r- responsibilities of his mother and essentially take her, essentially take a lot of flack because of her, I immediately think back to the end of Tenchi Universe when you have se- have scenes where Tenchi is confronted by his father, is confronted, confronted by uh, Ryoko, basically telling him, don't do this. You don't have to do this. And Tenchi's like, no, no, I do have to do this because this is this is who I am. This is my responsibility now. To see Steven basically do the same thing, it is 
gorgeous. I really, I really like seeing a character that matures and uh, comes into their own and decides that they're going to take responsibility, even if it's not the action isn't their fault. They're still going to take responsibility and make it right. They 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 make that conscious decision, and you see see that so much in uh, Steven Universe. Uh, even in the film, he ultimately takes responsibility for what Spinell has become, and essentially tries to try and he tries to talk her down. Tenchi's much the same way. Tenchi's not really a fighting character in in the traditional sense. He's not like Goku, who for the first thing that comes to mind is let's let's have a good old fight. Now Tenchi usually tries to negotiate or talk them down, or and honestly, in some cases, Tenchi even tries to weasel out of things. At the end of the day. He's the serious type, like his mother, and he wants to try and make things right the right way to steal pearlism there. I really like that that aspect of not only class 90s and 80s anime characters where they they grew and matured, they had that hero's journey. Steven Universe seems to be falling in that same kind of mold, and I greatly appreciate seeing that in modern television. I don't know if anyone wants to run with this or not, but uh, <laughs> and I'm sure... Uh, she has far better things to do, probably isn't listening. But if you are, R Rebecca, thank you. <laughs> because I, I have a feeling, I have a certain feeling, something you could relate to, Pi, something that many fan fiction writers and Tenchi fans can probably empathize with, is even though Utena, many other inspirations, and by the way, everyone, this is not taking away from Steven Universe or anything, because everything is inspired by other things. And then you take those ingredients and you make something unique, like Rebecca Sugar and Company did with Steven Universe. Having said that, you know, I, I really feel like you, you get that funny feeling, like it's like a secret handshake as Tenchi fans. When you hear someone go, one, I was inspired by Tenchi Universe. I feel like that's that's kind of a statement if you are a Tenchi fan, not Tenchi Muyo, Tenchi Universe specifically. But I think probably... She's probably of, of our generation, a lot of us in here right now, the Toonami generation, saw it on TV there. I'm projecting and assuming, so that, that might not be accurate. But I really think with, with certain things, not just from Steven Universe, you know, and limited to that, but things, for example, like The Chosen. I think, pure conjecture here, but I think Rebecca Sugar did what probably any Tenji fan would do in her position. Your career leads you up to a point where you're a showrunner and creator of your own animated production. And she went, I'm going to do The Chosen, but better. I'm going to do them how, in ways they should have been done, but weren't. And, and, and I just, I, 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 I say, again, hats off to you, Rebecca. And, uh, I, I, you know, I, I'm sure many fan fiction uh, writers can empathize with that because you see the framing, not to go down that rabbit hole too far on this particular cast. But you see the framing that the OVA and Tenchi 1 and then 2 very much so were leading up to The Chosen. And then OVA 3 and afterwards kind of sort of being this letdown. People going, not mad because it wasn't what they expected. I like a good swerve as much as anybody. But just basically, you know, oh, you had, you had all that potential and you kind of squandered it? You kind of took an abrupt turn and rolled over? Uh, off the road there but but i was wondering if anybody else sensed that or suspected that as well as someone who does write more fan fiction than he probably should the idea of doing chosen again but doing them quote correctly 
crossed my mind more than once. And to see what uh, Rebecca Sugar did with the diamonds was masterful. I really appreciated what she did with them. I also appreciate one thing else that uh, Steven Universe does. And to a lesser extent, She-Ra does this too, and we'll get to She-Ra here in a moment. But you don't have characters getting killed off. Almost always the res- resolution ends up being, while there might be conflict and physical combat, it ends up being more kind of an kind of emotional statement of how do we resolve this and how do we put this to bed. It's very interesting and very refreshing to see conflict resolution that doesn't end in the other party's demise. Admittedly, I think that's also a a product of the times back in the 90s no one had any fear about killing characters off on screen especially in anime but in in the more modern era we do seem to be edging more towards conflict resolution that doesn't require doesn't require any kind of mortal price to be paid and i think again i think that's a product of the times and seeing that progression from the ova to tenchi universe to steven universe to all, all the series that are coming out now it's just kind of a prog- progression in society i'd say Fair point. I think also, uh, particularly with Steven Universe and it being on Cartoon Network, <laughs> uh, I always think of this parody uh, from the, the Duck Dodgers cartoon getting to be many years back, and they did a parody of Samurai Jack and Samurai Quack, and he was uh, he was about to slice this guy with his sword. He was like, "Oh, well, you should have said something sooner. I almost I almost cleaved you in two with my samurai sword." And the guy goes, "Not with a TV Y seven Eating you weren't gonna. So it's this. Um, so I, I think uh, I think that's a very valid uh, point about these these shows are wanting to have messages about de-escalation, about talking to work through your your own inner conflicts that we all have. But I also think you know, well, there are some uh, some more practical limitations. Uh, I, I don't I don't think on a uh, on a Cartoon Network show you could you could just have. People dying willy-nilly, and you certainly would have to be very, very careful on putting something standards and practices. Another thing I'd like to see is I would love to see a modern Tenchi series that actually does what Steven Universe and Ligon later, who will talk about She-Ra as well, does what they do with the characters and how they get developed, how those characters have twists and turns, how they mature, and how they take on further responsibilities. I'd love to see a Tenchi show that actually does that. And we see a little bit of that in I, where you see Tenchi as a twenty a young as a young man. He's about twenty two years old. He's seen things, but he's he's grown from it. He's become a mentor to Momo. You see a you see some some of that maturation, but actually to see it in progress, I think would be very very beneficial and very refreshing for the Tenchi Muyo as a franchise. I would like to see that as well. And one thing I do like about Steven Universe and what I would like to see in Tenchi someday is how like all this fighting, all this conflict affects you mentally. Like the episode of after Steven having to deal with uh, Bismuth and then him having to just act normal after that. And it kind of like gets into, you know, his mental psyche and kind of he's trying to just hide it in and kind of push it down. And he just ends up having essentially just a breakdown of all this stuff about his mother about jasper about bismuth and just all kind of swirls in on him he kept just pushing it down i would like to see tenchi kind of go through something like that just because you you don't just kill someone or you know have a bad conflict with them and then everything is fine like there is some there has to be some mental backlash there has to be some kind of turmoil and i really like to see that in tenchi and I, I'm thankful that we can have Steven Universe show, you know, mental illness and mental health issues. And like, it's not something to be pushed away, but it's something that should be presented so people can help one another. 
I'd like to echo what Snow said. That would be a great thing to do. How would Tenchi react to killing Kagato in Tenchi Muyo Ryooki or in Tenchi Universe? How would he react after slicing Yuzuha in half in the film? I mean, that would leave some scars, and I think that would be scars that someone would have to work through with their family, with their friends. That's something we don't get to see in, especially in a movie in a short movie format, but. In the 90s, you didn't talk about that kind of stuff. Nowadays, we can. I think that'd be some. That'd be again a refreshing take on Tenchi. You're. I like that snow. I like that very much. Speaking of Shira and other things and whatnot, we're going to move on to Shira. So, Shira is of course Shira and the Princesses of Power, the remake of the 80s cartoon Shira, just like we did before with Steven Universe. How do you see Tenchi Muyo in that series and why? Well, I'm gonna go with the point obvious which is Katra resembling Ryoko and then having the personality of Ryoko but Ryoko and Katra kind of go down different paths and in a way you can say that Katra kind of goes down more the path of Tenshin Tokyo version of Ryoko where she just goes back to being a pirate where Katra never really went from good to bad, she always just kind of was on, quote-unquote, the bad side and just kind of progressed from there and just kind of let, you know, all her emotions take over to the point where she just wanted power and she was just, you know, to the point where she just wanted to watch the world burn, essentially. I see Katra as kind of like a bad end Ryoko in a way. Like a Ryoko that never, like, not necessarily met Tenchi, but maybe like had a fallback with Tenchi, like in Tokyo, but just took it way to the extreme. And then uh, I don't want to spoil too much, but when she confronts the Dora in season three, you can just tell she's just kind of she's just kind of gone, just because she's so like angry and just let her, all her feelings just kind of turn into jealousy, rage, without even hearing Adora out. I kind of wanted to see that with Ryoko too, going back again with like the whole, how does one decision affect one mental health? You would think Ryoko would have a lot of issues that just never get dealt with because of the way her passes and the even the OVA. We don't really know much about universe, but considering all the crap she went through in the OVAs in, in Tokyo, you would think there would be some kind of mental like. I would want to see like the mental side of that, like what's what's going on. And I feel like Catra is kind of an example of what goes on when you ignore all feelings and it just kind of takes you away and just kind of you you know let your feelings take over you. All your negative feelings take over. But enough of Catra. Although I love her to death and I could talk about her forever. I just see you know Adora a lot being a lot like Tenchi as well. You know. Normal one day, all of a sudden having a magical destiny and a magical sword, having to fix everybody's problems with it. And then it's just kind of like all the cast around them as well, kind of presume traits of the other Tenchi girls, like Perfuma being Mihoshi, even has like the Mihoshi-like hair and the Mihoshi speech, like the way she talks, it makes me think of Mihoshi. And then Mermista being like the Kione, just kind of being like dragged along, and she even has the blue hair, you know. Everyone just kind of fits, you know, Glimmer being Aika, especially later on. I don't want to spoil too much. I actually really want to spoil season four, but I know a lot of people haven't watched that yet. But there's a very specific thing in season four that really reminds me of OVA 1, episode six, but I don't want to spoil it. 
So I guess I'm just going to leave it at that. But, but it really reminds me of Ryoko Naeka and, you know, Kagato's ship. And it's just, like, really exciting to see where it goes because it could really, really be like that. It's been nearly a year since Shira first aired. And echoing Snowy, from the moment I saw Katra, I thought, my, she looks like Ryoko. As I went through th- this amazing series, please watch it. <laughs> we were introduced to Perfuma and Hermissa and everybody. And I don't know, by the time we got to Entrata, I knew it couldn't be a coincidence. She is Washu. Her hair is Washu. Her voice alone sounds like Washu. Christine Wood, who, who voices Entrapta, was voice directed by Mary Elizabeth McGlynn, who definitely knows what ten she is, because she's her. And, um, yeah. So, um, well, one could look at Shira and see a number of series or characters. Like, my brain definitely just went for Tenchi. So, yeah, check out season four, guys. Agree with everything that's been said so far. Don't have anything add to add there. Shira. You know, it, it uh, creator showrunner be Noel Stevenson, I believe. And so uh, She-Ra, as of this recording, is uh, is the one of the three that we don't have concrete proof that it drew directly from Tenshi Muyo as inspiration. Having said that, though, you know, I was right there with Kiami. I think we we were encouraging Snow, and you got to check this out. We were talking about it. Discord, we, we have our Discord channel, by the way. It's pretty much the uh, de facto Tenchi forum now where we all chat and talk. As has been said, there were those things, and, and we were talking about with Steven Universe, where when you are a fan of something, and like we are in a fandom, we're talking about Tenchi almost every day. You know, you really do got to check yourself. You really got to go, oh, now hang on. Am I just seeing things, you know, that aren't really there, so to speak? And uh, we, we all were fawning over Catra. And then then we all saw Entrapta and went, are you kidding me? So there's, this could be chalked up to a number of things. There are a lot of writers on Shira, casting people, and even animators. The other thing too, of course, with, with Tenchi Muyo is uh, it did so well sort of like the more recent My Little Pony. Like it did really well at kind of hitting all of these archetypes for these female characters for a large ensemble cast without them feeling too cliche or, you know, one-dimensional. So it could just be convergent creative evolution, if you will, that She-Ra, the characters having been written and designed so well, ended up resembling the largely female cast of Tenchi Muyo that was written and designed so well at least in most iterations. The thing I thought about with She-Ra and was happy to see that from right out the gate, it advertised its female cast and crew and characters. And I think that was a great marketing campaign. And that's what She-Ra really is about in the show and uh, as a real life artifact. It's something that young girls, that women that you know anybody really can can really feel this triumph in in getting more of this representation and so what i really saw with she-ra other than the superficial similarities to the tenchi moyo setup is i think is if i if i may say um it's more of a feminine approach to things in general not just the art style not just the costumes not just the body types but you know, it, it, it's it's a wonderful what could be. It's a wonderful what could have been and in some ways has been with Tenchi and other iterations like uh, primarily the written, like Hasegawa's novels. And of course, Hasegawa was the screenwriter for the original OVA. So there, there's always been that 
woman's touch, shall we say, to Tenchi. That's why it drew in, you know, Rumiko Takahashi fans and shoujo uh, consumers, etc. But I really do see that now as we're into 2018, 2019, coming up on 2020 and beyond. I really saw this as a wonderful, that's the other direction Tension Wheel could, and in my opinion, should go. Where the OVA has been going, and it's been petering kind of to, to nothing, is, is just the, the kind of the logical conclusion of the, the male uh, fantasy of, I get all of these women, and, and oh, my, my, my sexual frustrations are, are uh, uh, relieved, and, and that's sort of where it, it's just, it's very vapid, it's very, it's very empty when you get to the very end, whereas the other way it could go is having, having interesting female characters, having characters who have all kinds of different relationships to one another, having characters who have bonds that are romantic, but sometimes aren't, and are just friends. And that's okay, and that's great, regardless of your sex or sexual orientation. So I, I think really, you know, that's what I see in this new She-Ra, She-Ra taking something from an older time, as, as Pai was saying before, about something, you know, from, from an older era, and reimagining it to take into account the 30, however many years in between. And so I, I think you could absolutely, a company like DreamWorks, an, uh, a platform like Netflix, you know, or uh, could absolutely do that with, uh, hypothetically, with the Tension Mario property. And it would be a huge, resounding success. And everyone in here would love it. You know who? You say that uh, I'm a big fan and that I was talking about uh, reimagining things uh, from an older era. The 80s series, much like the old My Little Pony series, was, again, targeted at little girls, but it was written by a bunch of dudes who didn't know what women or young or young girls would be interested in and again basically kind of represented them as being more you know flighty and you know your archaic vision of what a little girl would be like however she and the princess of power having looked back on all of its predecessors seems to have taken it in a different far different direction all of the main cast almost the entire main cast is female all of them are their own characters as well. Catra ends up being for, becomes a force captain pretty early on and starts growing that base of power. You have Hordak, while being a male character, he shows vulnerabilities as he progresses through the series. He himself actually gets far, I'd argue, far more development than his 80s counterpart ever did. You see Adora, who has to gr essentially grow up and become the hero. You have Glimmer, not to put too much spoiler on this, has to grow up very quickly and assume a role of authority far earlier than possibly she was ever ready for. All of these characters have to grow up very quickly because they're in a warlike setting, they're in conflict, which admittedly that was what the original 80s series had as well. They had the, the conflict between the Great Rebellion and the Evil Horde. But this more modern conflict is dirtier. It's more confusing. It's more interactive. It's more twisted. There's more betrayal. There's more backstabbing. It's it's more of what people are actually like. It's not sanitized. It's not played for laughs. It's literally bad shit's going down, and you have to deal with it. 
as far as inspiration for Tenshi Muyo, it's actually interesting to see two properties that I'm familiar with, Tenshi and the Masters of the Universe, merging together into this modern series. As has already been mentioned, Entrapta basically is Washu at this point. I'm not very familiar with her original incarnation, but I'm pretty sure she was not horribly tech-savvy and obsessed with science and the discovery at the expense of all other things, including her own personal relationships. I would argue that, very much like has been said before, Glimmer has very inklings of Ayaka, maybe a little bit of Sasami in there too early on, but the way she has to mature early, very young, reflects Ayaka very greatly. Catra being kind of a dark mirror of Ryoko, kind of what would happen if she were left her own devices, was shunned, was not taken in by Tenshi and company, very much has been in, is playing out as the series goes. Especially the relationship between Catra and Glimmer actually starts becoming kind of like the Ryoko-Ayaka relationship at the end of season four. And I really want to see where that goes. The way Perfuma, it kind of reflects Mahoshi, the way Mermista reflects... Kione. Again, they're not spot on. There's inklings of it. There's kind of characters. There are character tropes that are sent, that are centered on these characters. Definitely personality traits, but they are their own characters as well. They seem to be kind of... Uh, there, there's this meme going on about Katra being kind of the daughter of Ryoko and Aisha Clan Clan from Outlaw Star. It's kind of like that with every character. There, There's something familiar from Tenchi, but also something else. And that seems to be kind of where classic Shira 80 series and Tenchi Universe or Outlaw Star, all this anime influence, is kind of married into this... and. Give birth, gives birth to this new offspring that is She-Ra and the Princesses of Power. It's a masterfully written series. I really, really enjoy it. And I think anybody who wants to see characters, again, much like Steven Universe, characters that start off in one place, go through kind of a hero's journey, grow up and face conflict, I would, I would recommend it to anyone. Oh, and one other ca- character comparison that I want people to consider. Scorpia, I love her to death. She's loyal, she's brave, gives great hugs. The only other character I can think of in Tenshi who's very similar to that is Aika's mother, Misaki, is very similar. I, she she will hug you to death, and she will protect she will protect you fiercely. So I'll leave you with that. Yeah, I just checked the Entrapta wiki. Apparently she was a village technician originally. Ah, I stand corrected. I, I think it's a fair presumption to make that uh, there's no way the original was as fervent about technology as um, as, as Entrapta is. And, and certainly I doubt to the levels of the humor levels that uh, Entrapta uh, rises to. And, and I think that's, that's probably another reason she reminded, uh, I think all of us really, of Washu. It's because Washu is smart alecky. She gets lost in her work, but she's funny. And she's adorable, and gosh darn it, she can get away with a lot of stuff. So can Entrapta. Also, hey, Adora. I, did, and when we all saw that uh, Catra was dressed up for Princess Prom, who did not think of Bouncer Ryoko from, from iTenshi? I gotta admit, I did, and I'm, I'm glad. Uh, I'm now not saying that wardrobe choice was a... Um, pull from I Tenchi Moyo, sadly. I think it's very likely, but very much so. I, I thought that, and I saw it, because that's the only time we see Ryoko in a, a similar outfit. I think it was Pai who said it earlier about the, you know, how Glimmer and Catra kind of mirror Ryoko and Aika. And there was an episode, I can't remember if it was season two or three, where Glimmer captures Catra. And I feel like it really similarly 
mirror OVA one episode two where Aika like confronts Ryoko for the first time. She has her like capture. It's kind of the same scenario where Glimmer is trying to like get information out of Katra. Aika's trying to get information out of Ryoko, and they just troll them the whole time and make them flustered and upset. Even kind of flirt their way, try to flirt their way out of it for a little bit. And yeah, I just totally see them as that. And I just I just love like their, you know, their bits and banters. They kind of bicker like them too. So I totally see them as that. And like I know a lot of people like, you know, the whole Hey Adora sounds similar to me, like, hey princess, you know how Ryoko calls Aiko like hey, hey princess. Like I feel like that's eerie similar to like, you know, how Ryoko like kind of flirts with with Aika, so I, I totally see it. Actually, I'll give you another one. Compare Hordak and later at the end of season four, uh, Horde Prime. Compare them to Kagato, a guy who's wrapped up in his science and trying to take over the planet, but he's very kind of cold, distant, until you piss him off, and then it's uh, all pretty much a free for all. I didn't really notice that before about Hordak's color scheme being that similar black and red, and the way like how they first inter- are introduced to each other, Horror Prime and Hordak. Like, I, I could totally see that now. I was kind of thinking, like, what's up between Catra and Horde Prime, since it seems like he has accepted her into his allegiance now, and she kind of has that similar black and red color scheme, too. So it could go either way at this point. I'm really, really excited to see Season 5. Please don't make me wait too long, please. If anything, try this comparison. You could see Hordak as being kind of the Ryoko from Tenshi Muyo Ryooki, and Katra herself being more kind of Ryoko from Tenshi from Tenshi Universe. So again, they, those characters are in Tenshi Universe and uh, Tenshi, Tenshi Muyo Ryooki. They are very similar characters, but they are not dead on the same. They have different, in particular, they have different backstories, um, and different, and certain aspects of their personality are different as well. Consequently, you, I see a little bit of different versions of Ryoko in two different characters, and I think you'd probably say that's the same about uh, other characters as well. You can see I, early on when I first was introduced to Frosta, Frosta kind of struck me as kind of the Ayaka character at first, but then she kind of melded more in, into kind of this Asami role, and the more Ayaka kind of personality moved on to Glimmer as Glimmer grew up. Now, we're moving on to the final thing in our discussion today a series that has yet to be released but as tenshi fans all abuzz with the little trailer that was given to us and that is disney's the owl house set for release in 2020 i am definitely one of those people that you know when you're a fan of something you kind of see it everywhere and you kind of have to check yourself but because i'm totally like you know even my friends i haven't even seen tenshi or anything i'm like guys, did you see that? It looks like this and this and this. And they don't even care or whatever. I just see tension kind of everything, even though I try to check myself before I wreck myself in that regard sometimes. In this case, when I first saw the promotional art, just for the show being first announced, I saw the way Ida looked, and I was just like, oh, she looks kind of familiar. She she looks just like, and then my brain just kind of fired into joy. And I'm like, wait, wait, wait. I can't say it yet. I had to make sure. And then the trailer comes out. This little clip comes out. Did I go bonkers? I was so happy that I was right this time. The voice sounds very familiar. The mannerisms, her dialogue, 
she even loses Ryoko does in OV episode one, just maybe just maybe just because, you know, it seems like this time the creator really, really loves Ryoko. And I feel like I know that for a fact, but I'm not gonna say that just because that could backfire at me. You can you can kind of tell this time. And I'm not the only one. I've seen a bunch of YouTube comments and all that saying Oh, hey, she reminds me of Ryoko as, just as a witch instead of, you know, as a space pirate. And I totally see that. I mean, it's just totally there. I, I really feel like the way her powers are kind of orange-ish looking, the way she just kind of has, like, you know, the hair and the red outfit, even has, like, a gem-like looking jewelry piece. I mean, it, I just feel like it's really all there. And the way that she says... Oh, I come to this place to hang out, you know, and kind of get away from the cops. You know, I mean, that's totally Ryoko. Come on. I mean, I just find it really charming. I'm really, really excited for this show. So obviously the witch looks like Ryoko. And basically, I don't know what the series is going to, how the series is going to be, but it looks amazing. So yeah. Here we are on our uh, third and final series that we were talking about in this general discussion. You know, the Owl House also, I... uh, just like Snow said, all I've seen as of this recording is a teaser trailer. And all of us are a little bit more speculative at this stage, obviously. But when I saw Much Like Snow, I went, "That ha- it, it has to be there. It has to be. It's exactly what you're thinking. But you go, well, I, I don't know. But so that was just seeing, you know, some of the, the artwork for it. And then I see that trailer and I hear Wendy Malick. Listeners may remember her lots of things years ago, but uh, I remember her from uh, Emperor's New Groove. She has, uh, she has a nice, smooth, lower range voice like that. So I think that was good casting for who uh, Ida will probably be as a character. But, you know, that was another thing where you just can't help it. You hear her talk and you just can't help it. You can't not hear Ryoko. You can't not hear Patria Burchard's Ryoko, who is the only Ryoko as far as I know. And we see little things here and there. We see here she's reimagined as uh, a witch. I can hear Aika calling, name-calling Ryoko that right now. So a uh, demon, a witch, Ryoko gets her hand chopped off, and it's no big deal in OVA 1, Episode 1. Same here, sort of like uh, like a zombie sort of thing, uh, you know, or a Frankenstein's monster just popped off. Whoops, that happens sometimes. Just everything about it, we, we just, I couldn't help but say there has to be some Tenchi inspiration here. So trying to look into it, who's behind this? I was, I'm excited for the series just at face value, but admittedly as a Tenchi fan, that's what really got me looking into it. And I look and it's a Dana Terrace is the creator and i'm watching an interview about her and she has her hair dyed just happened to be in that interview it was dyed ryoko's bluish green i go okay and another thing though here is i actually found a tweet of hers and i quote i remember catching glimpses of tenchi moyo on a friend's tv that had more channels than i did change my world end quote there you have it and you know, in this day and age, there's so much connectivity that when you are somebody who's, you're, 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 I mean, the show hasn't even come out yet. This is all a lot of nuance that we're discussing and handling it very well. But a lot of viewers can't really parse out that nuance. And so when you are a creator of something, 
you don't immediately want people to just go, oh, it's like this thing. You want them to give your series or your show, your creation, a, just, a, just give it a chance on its own two feet at face value, just for a little bit. And then later we can talk about some of my personal inspirations, if you liked it or, or what you enjoyed about it. We can, hey, we can have that conversation. But on that note, you know, I, I, I am really glad that, you know, Rebecca saying this and Dana here uh, saying that as well, being brave enough to, to say, yeah, oh, yeah, I saw this. Yeah, I saw that. And you don't always remember everything that you caught a glimpse of on TV. I've, I've been there myself when I'm uh, writing something out or you see something and it, and it jogs like a, you know, like a Manchurian candidate, all of a sudden it jogs this, this latent memory that you completely didn't even know uh, was there. So for that reason alone, I'm really, really now excited to see the Owl House and see what it does, see if there aren't some more little nods here and there dropped in. Dana, anybody, if you're listening, you need to have an episode where like Ida's sister shows up for one episode and you need Casper Tree Bertrand as her sister. Okay, you're welcome. I don't, I, I rescind any kind of, as though I, I would, it's a, it's an idea, but I don't claim, stay, I, I don't stake a claim to that. Take it and run with it, please. <laughs> but, but, uh, but yeah, so just, and, and the Owl House, the aesthetic, uh, as has been talked about, we see a, a young girl as the apparent protagonist here. Uh, so very much like a young Tenchi in that sense, but it's nice. We've, we've had many, many stories and still will of, of young men uh, going through a journey. So here we have a, a, a young woman and that's really refreshing. And just everything about what I saw in that trailer, you quite explicitly in that context, you know, it's magic. There, there's, there's witches and presumably spells and magic and all of those things. And, uh, and that was something that in addition to the less explicit kind of magic, We've talked about about what what drew us to Tenchi, etc. But that was something I always enjoyed about Tenchi too. Was it's sci-fi, but it's also sci-fantasy, and just just a little bit of just it's got that ancientness to its aesthetic, but it's it's fresh looking too. Uh, at least Tenchi was it certainly was uh, in 1992, and I think Owl House definitely has that going for it as well, from what I can see. And so I'm really excited to see what they do with uh, with this really fresh premise they got and a world that it looks like they've created. And so much like Tenchi in that way, it seems pick out little ingredients here and there. Oh, Tenchi, they're swinging lightsabers around. Uh, oh, it, it reminds me uh, of this or that. But as we've all attested before, it's very, very unique. It's its own. And so I hope Owl House has the same fate awaiting it as Tenchi. It'll be something fondly remembered. Again, the main witch character looks a lot like Ryoko, and the the parallels are, I'd argue, undeniable at this point. And in, even the fact that I saw this little show and it's changed me forever. I mean, these little hints point in a direction, though. I'm going to kind of pause and essentially look at this and say, I'm going to wait till the show comes out. And then I'm going to watch it and see what it, see what it's like. I'm going to reserve judgment until I know a little bit more about it. Uh, admittedly, the teaser is very well, very hinting and very telling of some of the inspirations behind it. But I actually want to see see what it does because there may be more things hidden in there that you that we don't know about yet. And good th good on Disney playing things close to the chest in that regard. Essentially, hold my hold my comments until some episodes actually come out and we actually have a little bit more information to uh, work with. I first saw the trailer uh, when Who had brought it up. He posted it in Discord. And 
like everybody else has said, you go, okay, what's this all about? How is how is this related to Tenchi? From the moment that Ida opens her mouth and you hear Wendy Malick's voice and you see her design with the bangs and the red dress that Yukinojo had actually posted a comparison picture in our Discord about and she's got the the things that were like gems on her wrist and on her and the earrings and I'm just like dude <laughs> no way no way that's not inspired by Ryoko like that's 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 almost like if somebody if you ask somebody here copy my homework but you know change it up a little bit like it's it's, it's so it's so ridiculous and that's only the design and the voice if you see how she acts when they get into their apartment she's like yeah this is where i hang out when you know i'm hiding away from the law or ex-boyfriends or something like that and you're like word word like this is so, this so i i want to see a storyboard i i i want to see a storyboard i want to see a note on the storyboard where they say ryoko but not actually because it, it's it's crazy and then her hand pops off. Nope, that happens sometimes. Like, okay, okay. The thing that we were all asking ourselves was, somebody's gonna ask. Somebody is going to ask at some point. And then, who was looking around and found, uh, you know, somewhat unrelated, I guess. Unfortunately, I think the original tweet has since been deleted. Not the tweet that we saw, but the tweet they were responding to. And this was two years ago, by the way. This wasn't in 2019. This was... And the person said, yeah, I I caught glimpses of Tenchi Muyo and it changed my life. And it's like, that's it. Like, I, I, don't, I don't need to see any more because we're all Tenchi fans. That exact same thing happened to us. We saw Tenchi and it imprinted on our minds immediately. It had that impact. So, you know, I... I have no doubt that somebody will ask about it in the future. And I also have absolutely no doubt that as the episodes go on and we watch, I have no doubt that they will have stuff that will take directly from Tenchi. Obviously, obviously, it's going to be its own thing, and it looks like it's going to be really cool. I think it's, you know, Disney's answer to some of the shows that have been coming out on Cartoon Network that have, uh, you know, like Steven Universe and Gumball and stuff like that that have really, really uh, been super popular, and they're going... There's another show that Cartoon Network has that I feel like Disney's kind of shooting for that too. Victor and Valentino, yeah, I think that's something else Disney's kind of shooting for. And yeah, it's just, it's really, it looks really exciting. And one other thing, when we had posted that picture up on Facebook, you can know Joe had made, obviously everybody was throwing their opinions and, oh man, look at this. And oh, you know, just everybody was like, wow. One of our originators, one of our forum OGs had posted that they were actually in they were asked to be a part of the focus group that watched the first two episodes years ago of Owl House. It wasn't even completely animated, and they had, but they had had all the voices and sound effects. But it was is basically you know being picked to do that. And you know the who had brought this up. It's like what are the chances? What are the odds that they pick somebody who is such a big Tenchi fan to be on a focus group for a show that has a character like that. And this uh, original forum member, she had said that she thought of Ryoko the whole time. I think it was very much intended. Obviously, like Pi said, we will, uh, we'll have to reserve judgment a little bit more for once we actually sit down and start watching the series when it comes out in 2020 on Disney. But I'm excited. I'm super excited for it. I think... 
I think the trailer that they had, I think it was at Comic-Con as well. Fantastic. And I think it puts it off on the right foot. They they very much, they very much knew how to grab people. And they did a great job. So now, our our final general discussion before we wrap it up. I think the one difference that you could say that's not Ryoko is that Ida is actually teaching. Because I have never once remembered Ryoko teaching anything to Tenchi or anyone else in any series. I'm glad you brought that up, Yukinojo, because something, again, uh, was just going off of the teaser and some of the artwork that we have seen that I, I thought of. And again, on the, what would I do in that situation? What would a Tenchi fan do in that kind of situation? And I really think that Dana, I think she, she probably knew eventually it would, it would come out because we're all connected now on the internet now and social media. But I think kind of like we were saying with Rebecca Sugar and saying Steven Universe, that was my jam. It's kind of a little wink and a nudge to us Tenchi fans, fellow fans. Because Ida is basically like, uh, you know, a, a step aside from the, the, the sci-fi explanations for how old Ryoko actually is or, or Washu or whoever. But Ryoko, OG Ryoko, was very much like carefree, late teenager, that kind of age. And it was very much for uh, viewers of that kind of demographic. Whereas here, Ida, it, it's a Ryoko aged up. So when Ida brings her to her uh, crash at her pad and she says, yeah, this place is great for uh, getting away from the cops and ex-boyfriends. And you see uh, on, on some of this, this picture I saw, there was, a, there was a big bounty poster for her, the owl lady. And, you know, she has that hung in her parlor or in, in, in her place as this as this trophy, you know, so you really, you, you, Ida is much more, I think, what I would do, making an original character based off of, off of Ryoko, I would have cast a tree of virtue, but who, it's a Ryoko who, who has, it's very meta in that way. It's a Ryoko who has the experiences of Ryoko behind her, of all those different iterations of Ryoko behind her, the, 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 the heartache, the, the tension, the struggles, the, the getaways, being an outlaw, all of those things, that is what I believe Dana is putting into Ida. And uh, if you're listening, Dana, we'd love to hear from you sometime. We could, we could talk about that. But, um, but yeah, that was, uh, that was my impression there. So I'm glad you, Kenoja, you, you kind of uh, sensed upon that as well. Admittedly, we see a little bit of Ryoko kind of being a, a guide, in a sense, in Tenchi, but that's been pretty recent and not as well publicized as our, as earlier things so that connection would be a little bit more tenuous but it does have a little bit of precedent for Ryoko to be kind of a a mentor to someone i'm thinking specifically of benny near the end of you know very good point pi and i would say i tenchi though in that similar vein people go well which which series is it connected to the ova universe probably none of them it was just this celebration of the franchise as we said ad nauseum and so I think I Tenchi was being meta in that way. Nikishi knew he was making I Tenchi for Tenchi fans. I think Dana knew that Tenchi fans are going to be watching, not all of the viewers, but some of the viewers are going to be Tenchi fans. And so it's this little something thrown their direction. And so I, I think I Tenchi Muyo Ryoko, because we see an aged up Tenchi 
He's in his early 20s and he's, a, he's an assistant professor. Similarly, we see a Ryoko in I Tenji Moto that has some of the experiences of Ryoko, be it uh, Universe, OVA, Tokyo even, behind her. So, I just want to say, I just really want to thank these creators making these shows, not just because we all get to live good Tenchi again by seeing it in different platforms and formats, just for these shows as their own for a second. I just want to gush these shows in general, how positive, you know, female empowerment, diversity, sexual orientation, pronouns, you know, the times really have changed now where all this stuff can come to light now and everybody can be represented in one way or another now. We don't have to, you know, be in a cookie cutter mode anymore. And maybe that's why we're getting shows like this that can kind of like take off of anime and whatnot. Because back in, you know, when I was younger, like anime was seen as this really, especially since I grew up like kind of in a Christian environment, this is like evil thing, you know, it's warping kids' minds, it's sexualizing kids too young and whatnot. I mean, people like that totally don't, they see it totally wrong. Yeah, there's stuff like that, unfortunately, but that's not what it is. It, it makes people see things more than themselves, or they see themselves in someone else or something else. And so these shows, I think, I feel like are really like important for kids, especially when they have more difficult issues. It's important for kids to see you can empathize with somebody and respect their pronoun, respect their orientation, respect who they are. If even if they don't look like you, you respect other people. And even if you feel like you're alone, there's always someone like you out there. And you, if you were willing to connect with people, like I said before, family is what you make of it, not necessarily what you're born. So I thank you for these shows. I'm really excited to see Owl House. I'm really excited to see more Steven and She-Ra. But my last thing I really wanted to say, kind of the tail end of all of this here, is I hope this shows people who may be in a similar boat as most of us here at uh, Tenchi Forum are in right now, is that franchises basically never die anymore. They change hands, they change companies. And so I think each of these series in their own way, and maybe others even, that don't necessarily draw directly from Tenchi Moto's inspiration, but what it shows, I think all of these series show, is that the spirit of Tenchi Moyo lives on. I'm thinking of a Huey Lewis and the News song of, of all things. You know, the, the heart of rock and roll is still beating. Call it what you will. But same here, the heart of Tenchi Moyo is still beating and it's still going strong. It's just now the OVA is, you know, kind of once was a, a mighty stream has now gone to a tiny trickle. I That will change someday, folks. That will change someday. And I think these are cases in point of what that change in tension will in the future what form it may take and it could take and maybe should take so all of these i i, I i'm glad i jumped into them saying oh this kind of reminds me of tenji and then you enjoy them for for what they are and i hope the same can be said of owl house eventually but they also they they, they make me so optimistic and they make me hopeful of the future of Tenshi Muyo as well, the thing that probably inspired all of these or inspired people who worked on them or inspired many other things out there. So I think that is that portends an exciting long-term future for the franchise of Tenshi Muyo. Thank you, 
everybody for listening today and following Tenchi Cast. We had a great cast today. If you like what you heard, come check us out on Discord. Say hi. We've got links in the descriptions that you can click on and be invited to the world and fandom of Tenchi Muyo. You can also follow us on Twitter, Facebook, Reddit, all kinds of social media. And to follow the podcast, all major podcast outlets, Google Play Podcast, Stitcher, iTunes, and of course, Spotify. Until next time, stay gold. Thank <laughs> you.